0: Secret Friends Unite!
1: Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast. This is episode 323, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am joined by my co-host, Charlie Carden
0: what's happening the weather has turned in michigan uh but in typical michigan fashion today is 60 tuesday a couple days from now it's going to be 80 and a couple days after that 55 and raining so uh nothing changes in michigan but the seasons but we don't have seasons so
1: welcome to the thunderdome oh yeah no this is the season of our discontent apparently oh Oh, i would
0: say so Uh, i would say so
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, very exciting week ahead of us. Um, we've got a very special guest though joining the Secret Friends this week. It is Mr. Avery Kraus, podcast host and creative content manager for GamingSource.net. Avery, how are you doing?
2: I am doing phenomenally. It's so good. It's so good to finally be invited to sit among the Secret Friends.
0: Yes, we we we, uh, we pulled a chair up to the uh, an extra bar stool up to the island in the kitchen of the uh, SS Secret Friends. So the galley, the galley of the Secret Friendship.
1: Yeah, the the the, the exciting part is though. Um, I think what we're gonna get done in our tea public store is we're gonna get those hot pants where you can have something on the back of the butt, and I think oh. we're gonna have that SFUF, Secret Friends Unite Forever. And and that goes to all our guests. You think that's a great gift, Avery?
2: You know, I I will already be using that as my new OnlyFans cover. I can tell you. <laughs> I don't even know how Todd. And if you can convince them to start making
0: hot pants, the next step is I want them to start making baseball caps because I really do want one of those.
1: That is kind of so, a, a circuitous circuitous route to get to baseball hats, though. Hot pants. I think so. Baseball.
0: Well, you know, think, it's it's kind of like first offer and then you low, you're lowballing them with that first offer, bring it back with the second. So go, it sounds like a Jack Donaghy style
1: of negotiation, don't you think? Uh, well, I think if they're looking for models, Charlie, we're free and we're cheap, and uh, you know what? They they don't have to invest. We'll just we'll just be their model for all the hot pants.
0: Right, hot, pa- hot pants model. Let me put that on my CV uh, as I
1: continue to look for a new job. So I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. So, Avery, when we have a secret friend that's new to the podcast who joins us, we always ask for your geek origin. So how did you become the geek you are today?
2: Well, uh, when I was young, I was touring a lab and I was bitten by a geek and uh, a radioactive geek, to be precise. No. uh, So I have I have been the one nerdy member of my extended family uh, since I was a wee little lad. Uh, I, you know, obviously grew up playing video games. I grew up, uh, you know, pretending to be a wizard fighting with monsters on on the playground with all my friends. Uh, Magic the Gathering. Uh, I, I was into wrestling for a small bit of time, a WWF, not even WWE, but WWF nerd back in the day. Uh, but I've always had a bent, particularly toward fantasy, a little bit of sci-fi here and there, but particularly toward fantasy. Uh, one of the first novel series I ever got into was the Xanth
1: series. By oh, my God. Avery, are we best friends? That was my nice <laughs> series, too. Oh, my. And I'll tell you. Here's how I was introduced to it. The
2: the first, or actually, I believe it was book number 16 in the series, Demons Don't Dream, was included for free in paperback form if you purchase the Xanth CD-ROM game called, oh, yeah. I believe it was Children of Xanth. Uh, and, of course, I bought the game, and then I read the book, and then immediately just had to get every other single one, uh, not knowing at 11 you know, years old that Piers Anthony is... Not the most family-friendly individual in the world, oh. <laughs> but uh, I digress. That's a sexy double entendres. Lots and lots and lots. The ellipsis uh, hiding all the good parts, of course. Uh, and, of course, you know, g- continuing my love of, of, of all things uh, uh, RPG, fantasy, nerddom. I got into Star Trek for a bit, certainly not as, as much as uh, uh, others uh, in, in our presence. Uh, but big fan, TNG, uh, being oh, my yeah. particular favorite. Sure and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, uh, just kind of continuing on from there. Uh, to the degree that uh, I became a Google-holic, uh, being involved in every last bit of Google beta technology they had, I was one of the 11 people in the city of Chattanooga that got a CR48 Chromebook beta program test. Oh, boy. Uh, so it goes. it goes back. It goes back a while. Um, You know, all the way up through today when I'm the, the host of a, a podcast that specifically talks about cloud game streaming uh, amongst other things that we do on our channel. So, yeah, the the nerd runs deep.
1: Excellent. Well, you know, the good thing is when you start a book series at number 16, it's kind of like – jumping in like a lot of kids do with like spider-man comics at like issue 300 so it's kind of nice that you can just jump into things sometimes and still enjoy it for seven and feel like you have to start right. from the beginning so it's, it's kind of nice that we're at a at a day where you don't have to and also there's wikipedia so there you go well excellent avery well i'm i'm really excited for your journey with us on this nerd explosion this week and one of the things we do that uh, to basically make ourselves even nerdier we look at old comic book covers that are the same <laughs> as our issue episode number so so this one is a weird one. Episode uh, issue three twenty three Wonder Woman. It states for one night only at a candy is the princess of power. Poor Etta. And basically she's a redheaded Wonder Woman holding up a guy that's also redhead and being chased by an interesting looking cheetah wearing high heels. Uh, right. The guy with the protractor, I think. Yeah, protractor uh,
0: guy. Uh, uh, uh,
1: you got uh, basically can can chick and uh, then a, and then a midget. You know who that is, Charlie? Who is it? That is the evil uh, short genius from the Harley Quinn uh, uh, TV series. Oh, I thought he was, he was like purple, like a gremlin or something. No, 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 no. He's very short and he's just got superpowers. He's got, uh, I forgot what his name is, but yeah, he's, he uses mind power. So, uh, and then Wonder Woman just looking at gas.
2: The gentleman with a protractor, you'll never guess what his name is. Angle Man. Angle Man. Angle Man. Angle Man. I am he, uh, I, I am without words. And he is a Wonder Woman villain uh, who uses an evil protractor.
1: Wow! Uh, I always thought protractors were evil, but that was more my fear of geometry.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how they could be anything but. So
1: I am uh, I am uh, I am un uh, I, I I I'm totally lost. Charlie's befuddled. Uh, but I tell you, this came out in February '85, and I like the motto at the bottom. Uh, it says, "The new DC, there's no stopping us now."
0: Ain't no stopping us now. Here comes Crisis, and exactly, <laughs> and kind of yeah, it kind of killed do some do of do these stories. Do 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 oh well, do do
1: do. yeah, this the heroes were shortly after this it, when Crisis took over, kind of rebooted. So this yeah, kind of was right. the end of that silly era of DC. So it, it um,
0: was a serious bait and switch. There's no yes.
1: doubt. Yes. But we are still in our uh, silly era of the secret friends. So join us, friends, for this journey of nerddom. As Charlie, it's now time for us to check in with our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Web, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Web's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Web. Well, I guess, Charlie, we kind of forgot the obvious model for the pants. And that is Madam Web's younger and hotter sister, Madam spider.
0: Well, I, younger maybe, but I still think she put her, she was the, she was the one who invented it back in maybe 61, you know, just to turn it, turn the heads there at the sock hop. I mean, it, it was, it was history in the making. It, it was, it was astonishing.
1: My goodness. Well, uh, sorry, Madam Webb. Once again, you lost out to your sister. Um, But you know what? There's always another chance for you to come up with a cool trend uh, from back in the day. But with that, Madam Webb, thank you for the news stories this week. And we start off with uh, something that's been bandied about, hadn't been confirmed. Is it true? True or it's not? Seems like these days it's really hard to pin it down. If even though finally someone announces it, and that is yes, Michael Keaton is really playing Batman in the Flash movie, and this movie is finally being. Started. They had, like, uh, whoever was uh, – the, the director who was filming it put, finally put out, like, a teaser piece, and it's happening. And this is one of the bigger ones we've been waiting for because, uh, obviously, Batman 89, uh, Michael Keaton did two movies with Tim Burton, uh, really kick-started the modern superhero – I mean, outside of Superman – uh, 78, uh, you know, Batman really took the world by storm, really kicked off the blockbuster, and really was kind of the, the, the model for modern comic book movies. Um, and then from that, uh, he just went away. He was replaced in the next movie by uh, Val Kilmer. Um, and so it was kind of a weird miss that uh they completely rebooted that franchise, you know, and then we uh essentially to get him up. But people love him, uh loved him. I mean, even though he was Mr. Mom and people were kind of like, oh, he will be Batman. <laughs> he people just loved him. And the, this this era has really not been revisited, although we are getting a 1989 Batman 89 comic finally, which is cool. But it's very cool that um we're gonna get him in this new Batman or Flash film. And it's all about time travel, and with based on a series called Flashpoint, which is going to be released on November fourth, twenty twenty-two. And crazy, it's been almost thirty years since he's been the Batman. So, Avery, uh, what do you think about this story? Uh, you know, I I
2: look at this as almost a natural continuation of the 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 popularity of DC's crossover mania. In recent days, um, has has caught up to the movie side, um, with you know obviously all of the stuff that happened in the Arrowverse and the Legends of Tomorrow, and all of the crossing over that happened um, in their own version of Crisis um, that that occurred in the past couple, two, three years. Now they're like, well, hey, that was super popular and it boosted our ratings numbers and we brought back all these people that have had contracts with us in the past. Why don't we just go ahead and bring that to the big screen too? So I think it's a logical extension of it. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last um, crossover that we hear about. I also wouldn't be surprised if there are others that are in there that we don't hear about. Like surprise cameos that kind of pop out of nowhere, um, you know, across whether it's across the Batman, you know, Uvra. Suddenly, Arnold Schwarzenegger just pops up and fires off an ice <laughs> ray or something. <laughs> oh no! Oh Completely no! Completely could happen. Uh, but I wouldn't doubt if that's where they're leaning into this. They're not going to stop at one or two. It's going to be cameo after cameo after cameo after cameo because mm-hmm. if you just had one, then the story's really just about the one guy. Right. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, we did have, you know, the Flash, to your point, Arrowverse, things like that. We did have the Flash, Esther Miller, crossover with the CW show, which was really, really cool. So, yeah, I think we could see more of these and not just the CW. We could see different eras and things like that. That could be really cool. Kind of like the the um, the the. In Crisis on Infinite Earths, we saw on that when we had like Robert Wool from Batman 89 kind of show up in that, too. So, Charlie, uh, the the one thing that came up about this, which is kind of interesting, because we have, you know, if we think about it, then should this really be Ben Affleck instead? But a different Ben Affleck Then someone said, could it be Thomas? Could he be playing Thomas Wayne? Well, that's Negan, right, from the other movie. So correct. um, does it bother you that we would get a different Batman? I think it's perfectly fine to have a different person, not the same actor. Play uh, a different Batman from a different time. So, what's your take you know, on that?
0: You know, I mean, this is this is the thing that that really kind of I hate to say grinds my gears about people when you're talking about uh, an iconic character that's approaching a hundred years in age. Uh, it's a character. It's not. It's not. You know, like it's not like a single actor. That's. It's not like Harrison Ford plays. Han Solo, because even that changed, or Harrison Ford played Indiana Jones, and we talked about that a lot last week. Batman has been played by 10 different, at least 10 different actors, uh, live action, uh, very famously uh, voiced on uh, on Batman, the animated series by Kevin Conroy. Uh, There are, he is a character. And, they, and just like with the Joker and, oh, who's better, Heath Ledger? Who's better, you know, Jack Nicholson? It's a character that is open to interpretations. I mean, characters are open to interpretations of great literary works, Shakespeare, what have you, going back centuries. All of it is an interpretation. All of it has its own its own pluses and minuses. So, I mean, if something is accurately representative of what a character is to be established as, I'm interested in seeing new takes all the time. That does not bother me whatsoever. Um, You know, there are a lot of people, and again, I appreciated this one, Justice League. uh, You know, people call it the Snyder Cut, but it's really simply uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that is what what I will call it. I will be very prim and proper. I loved how that film, even at four hours in length, really reinforced how I think Affleck really killed it as Bruce Wayne. Really killed it as Bruce Wayne uh but was he really the best batman perhaps not you know and a lot of people will turn around and then say uh that um oh my god what's his butt the nolan
1: one. Oh
0: no. uh chris
2: yeah. yeah
0: thank you see we were all struggling for us now i don't feel so bad Charlie, um, you don't know my name i'm not wearing hockey pads um so I, you know, I'm open to any interpretations. Keaton was the Batman of the youth of, of certainly Todd and myself because we're, you know, we're about the same age. We were, you know, in our affirmative teenage years when we saw that '89 Batman. So that would be very special to me. But again, I feel like I have a connection to any actor that has played Batman. I, I, I spoke out last week about how enthusiastic I am about. Uh, seeing what Pattinson's interpretation of the character looks like, knowing that he's an accomplished actor, knowing that he's done great work, ignoring the sparkly vampire shit. Because, again, that, it, to me, it's a very, to quote a least assumption, it's a very specious reasoning to assume that he can't be Batman
1: because he was once a sparkly vampire. You know, you <laughs> saying in uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You.
0: So. Exactly. Which, you know what? That was a great film. So shut the
1: hell exactly. up. Exactly. Exactly. You know,
2: so yeah, yeah so as long I, as he doesn't come up and you know, the the femme fatale of the movie saying, you know, who are you? Say it. I can't say it. Just say it. A Batman. That you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I I don't. I, Charlie I, though, I think I'm, the Batman of our youth was really Adam West, and the fact that you know we were all mad that Adam West wasn't asked to be the new Batman in Tim Burton's uh, movie. Come on, we because, all felt you know, that way. <laughs> he had that.
0: He had that same. You know, you remember his his bit on The Simpsons where he's playing himself at like a comic con, and he said, yes.
1: you know, pure. West talking about, you know, how come Batman doesn't dance? (laughs) Exactly. exactly. Yeah, we all Uh, miss the Bat-2-Z. Oh, well, I think this is going to be a lot of fun, uh, and this is a lot of ways I think this movie will be a springboard to resetting a lot of DC, in a way, with a flashpoint, which hopefully will mean characters from the past get a new take, potentially, if it wasn't successful this time, like Hal Jordan. Oh, well, moving on to the next story, Charlie. This one's kind of interesting. Yes, indeed. So, again, talking
0: about Uh, You know, uh, Spider-Man in this case, another a man uh, spreading out across Disney is extending its reach, uh, continuing its march towards uh, basically digital entertainment domination uh, by reaching across the aisle, throwing some serious dollars at Sony uh, to acquire the streaming rights for franchises like Jumanji and certainly Spider-Man. So this would be, again... Uh, ensuring that your MCU playlist uh, on Disney Plus will include the Spider-Man film, certainly Tom Holland films, and those that preceded it. So um, it's interesting to me because, again, I have, you know, people have different approaches about home video. Some people are really voracious Collectors of physical media, they have a bunch of discs. They're blah blah blah. The other end of the spectrum are people like Todd. That Todd, you don't buy anything, and the the discs that you do own are very few and far between. Uh, and that you know, there are people like me that that purchase things digital, but you keep it very strict. To for me, it's just it's genre stuff. I got the Star Trek, the Star Wars, and the Marvel, and 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 some older stuff. You know, so I've owned all these films all the live long while. But for John Q. media consumer, especially. For, you know, younger people who are up, you know, up and coming and, you know, even just going into a Target or, or a Best Buy in this modern age, their section for any types of physical media just continues to shrink. Um, so it, it is just it's really it's a di- it's a dying breed. Um, so this is the kind of thing that if we're looking, even this article says down the road, anywhere between three and five years. um bringing those things under one roof and again with Disney we have Disney plus we also have Hulu um, combining those things under that rooftop and again as it makes mention of here in this headline Disney keeps making deals based on Spidey alone and at least it feels like it that kind of sounds like a complaint but it is also a rock solid approach in a lot of ways because Spidey is I mean in the eyes of kids uh, you know who do kids think about when they think about uh you know superheroes.
1: Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Am I right? it's kinda changed. My, uh, my my friend Sean, his son, loves Captain America, loves Iron Man. Those are kind of who he goes to first. He does like Spider Man and he does like Batman things, but the yeah, the MCU has really changed his his mindset. And right. those movies have been great and the Spider Man is finally great, uh, which we get now. Um, it is kind of interesting though, Charlie, because and, and Avery, I'm not sure if you've heard before, but Netflix is actually gonna get the stuff first. So it's interesting. There was a deal, somebody has a deal with Netflix where they'll get the stuff first, then it will finally transition later. To Disney Plus and the other Disney networks, which is how they're going to get like some of the more mature stuff. So potentially we'll see like Morbius go to and Venom Two go to like Hulu or something like that. So it's kind of an interesting way things are going. And and you mentioned about discs. WB just actually announced that uh, they're slowly getting out of the disc based uh, business. Wow. They're gonna They're wow. moving their disc production to a second party, and all of their video on demand stuff, like the DC movies, will no longer be on disc. So, wow. It's changing. It's changing.
2: Yeah. yeah, we're in a we're in a. At this point, who doesn't? I I saw I was I did a deep dive on this a few weeks ago. And it's, it's something to the effect of seventy eight percent of households have at least one streaming service, um, and most of them have two. Uh, I mean, in the in in our house alone, we have access to. And uh, I, I will totally say we're totally paying for all of these and not sharing anybody else's passwords. <laughs> Netflix, Hulu. Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, HBO yep. Max, and yep. Peacock. So we have, I, I don't know what we're missing in that set, but it ain't much.
0: Right. No, I hear you. And again, it becomes that, you know, Todd and I have talked about this, it becomes the roulette. Hey, I want to watch Ted Lasso on, A- A- on Apple Plus, or A- Jesus, is oh, it called that Apple Plus? that one too.
2: I got that one too, because I on yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. So.
0: But again, you know, you do that and you watch that show and. Uh, you, you have a three month trial or you have a month trial and then it comes to the end of it and you look around, and there's nothing else, floats your boat, you don't renew and you move on to the next thing. you know So it's you know, it's something that we discussed on the show last week is that Netflix, because again, I said to Todd I said, how are these guys making money? They're making these multi-million dollar movies. They have all these big budgets. And what we really concluded uh, in the final analysis of that is that they're really looking to build a library that will continue to keep people engaged, like what's coming next, what they have this thing. They, you know, as, as we lock into a future model of people enjoying things more, uh, home entertainment, what do these streaming services have that's really going to keep you around? And this is, you know, a very obvious piece of it for people who are not purchasers of home entertainment. They're like, oh, I have all these streaming services. Why would I want to buy XYZ? When I'm already paying for, and can tune into that, and a million other things, you know what I mean. So this is a smart move. It makes me, you know, really think about the fact that your real duel to the death when it comes to competing streaming services will be Disney Plus and Netflix. They're the, the those are the that is the Batman versus Superman of this uh, of this world. I think.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and the reason these deals are actually being made is it's not because Sony wants to do this it's because they have to do this because sony doesn't have a streaming service so they had crackle but they got rid of that that think they sold it off um but sony is is a huge media conglomerate they own music and movies and video games and all these things even own anime studios as well um and they own anime services as well so it became a scenario where if they don't have and they do tv deals i mean they do have a ton of television production um so it's it's kind of interesting that they don't have a service and they probably saw could can can the can the uh like you said avery like there's so many out there is there room for another one
2: they, well, they so they're actually. I know we don't get into video games around here, but they do have a streaming gaming service called PS Now, and lately uh, they have been tri- trialing in other countries, not the U.S. to my knowledge, a what they what they're calling the PlayStation Video Pass. So it's a it's a service that is bundled in with the PlayStation Now streaming that includes a selection of Sony Pictures Entertainment movies. So they're pushing that line. They're giving it a try to see if, hey, you've already got the game system. You've already got the subscription. Can we hook you in a little bit more with our other content that has been sitting on the library shelf forever and is not making us any money? It's it's potentially coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Charlie even had DC. Now he's he he is a video game Lego video game player, and that's how he was playing a lot of the old video games with uh, PS Now. So yeah, exactly. they, had, yep. they gave that more value, and you own a PlayStation. Yeah, it's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So and Sony even tried like they did Powers back in the day uh, that they offered right. through one of their services, which I I it didn't win me over. It was a comic book series I never loved. So you know we'll we'll see where this is going. Uh, but then. We'll see what else is happening in the world of comic books, and this is very cool. Back in the day, we had the uh, Batman the Animated Series, we had the um, uh, we had the Superman Animated Series, and they both spawned comic books based based on those series that continued the stories or did stories that were not. Part of they didn't just adapt the actual episodes. They took those characters and played with that world. And it was actually the creators that still basically wrote the books and then got other people to draw them. So it was very cool. It felt like it was like more stories. Um, and they brought they just recently brought back the Batman animated series, uh, comic book, and they're just calling it the venture continues, which is kind of cool because I think it's a cool era, cool uh, style. And we never got one with the Justice League, and that's actually happening. Justice League Unlimited is getting a comic book series featuring that take of those heroes um, in a modern context. Now, I looked at the artwork. It does not look like the series, though. It looks more like a modern comic. So I don't know if that's just because of the cover or they will ape the art, which you kind of see in the article. You know, it has that that angular style. Uh, it's more lighter than Batman the Anime series, uh, but it was really fun. And that really brought, I would say, Jon Stewart and Hawkgirl kind of to the forefront and and really made people. And I love that version of Justice League. Just really love it. So I like that this is happening. Um, You know, and I don't know if there's any like either of you guys are like. What other series or things would you like to see uh, continue on on the page? Because I think this is a good a good take and a great way to do it.
0: And nothing to me. Nothing is really jumping to mind for me right off the top of the bat.
2: Yeah, you know, I I I am a fan of the co- I'm torn on this. I'll tell you why I'm torn on this to me. This it almost seems like a cop out to say, uh, well you know we're not going to put the time energy and effort into uh, producing this product as a full-fledged whatever it was but we'll hire some artists and we'll throw it into a comic book. They did the same thing with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, uh, a yeah. extremely popular series. It ended and then they continued on for two more quote seasons in comic book format and which I'm to understand were fantastic comics. I've you know, read bits and pieces and, and of course, scoured the Wikipedia article on them so, so I could catch up on the story. But to me, it's like if you believe that there is still a market out there for these characters and this world and they were forged on screen, putting them to the page instead to continue the story seems like a cop out. If it was just hey we're going to do some some comic books in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to do some comic books in the world of of Justice League uh, unlimited in the world of you know Batman the animated series or whatever else that's fine but when it's season 17 of this is going to be a comic book instead of being a cartoon or instead of being a TV series or whatever else that's when I'm like uh eh, I don't I don't know how much I like that
1: Yeah it's an interesting take like uh Farscape did that with some spin-off books um because they obviously they lost their funding and they couldn't get the ability to make that big type of show, um, but Batman Beyond did the same thing. They basically took that. I mean, when that show ended and everything, just recently they did a Batman Beyond comic book, but not in that style, but a more of a modern take. So it's it's been done a few times, um, but I think it is giving at least fans something versus nothing, and and I appreciate that. The Buffy series, I own a couple of those omnibuses. I really enjoyed it, and now that series ended. And now they've gone over to another publisher. And it's a completely different take. It was almost like rebooting and ignoring that stuff. So eh, sometimes they get sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. I,
2: I'm to understand the, the they did the same thing with Labyrinth, uh, where they followed the story of oh, Tony oh yeah. uh, as he went back into the labyrinth, um, and that that w- it, it almost. Uh, Uh, graphic novel style as opposed to comic book style and that it was, again, widely well-received. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have a movie or flip and sell the rights to Netflix and let's do a Dark Crystal, you know, let's do a series out of it because that would be incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm yeah, I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah, oh, cool. so we, and we've talked about that before with other things that people would like to see their little their, their storylines continue. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. We even got that, what, that weird Charlie? We got that um, Snake Pliskin versus um, uh, Jack Burton crossover. That was kind of oh, weird. Oh, jeez! Yeah, did we end up reading that one? But it I haven't, and I, I have it or it might be on Comicsology, so we should probably check that out one of these days.
0: That, that would be that would be worthwhile. Well, speaking of things worthy uh, to check out, uh, moving on down the line, Marvel is uh, a ho- kind of kind of a hosting uh, their next. Uh, I should say kind of hatching a plan uh, for their next, you know, mythological spin. You know, we've had the Asgardians, that's kind of had its day. Uh, we've <laughs> had the Inhumans that, that, that did not have its day. Yikes. Uh, you know, we have the Eternals up and coming. And now uh, talking about Thor uh, Love and Thunder, which is, well, i don't have to check the date for this. I'm This is a 2022 film, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. May um, 6, the current, Lord knows it'll be pushed back. Right, yes, that that is terrible. But yeah, uh, recently in a uh, in Australian uh, Australian show, the Joy of Breakfast with the Murphys radio show in Australia, uh, native Russell Crowe said that he has landed a mystery role, uh, and uh, yes, it has been revealed as being Greek god Zeus of the Olympians. Now. The, you know, much like common domain, uh, you know, mythological races. I think we, we posted the story uh, on the Secret Friends group earlier this week and someone said, oh, well, I, how can Marvel have Zeus, too? I'm like, they've always had one. It's, you know, it's common Absolutely. domain. So, that you know, there's a Thor in DC Comics somewhere, and but the one that people know is the one for Marvel because you know, he had his own title and he's had films and
2: stuff. So, well, there was a uh, Captain Marvel in oh, wait, never mind, we don't talk about that. Yeah, no, exactly, absolutely
1: yeah. not. It's it's it, it is forbidden. They already, they don't even call him that anymore. It's Shazam, sadly. right? Exactly,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they if you can't beat him, join him. But, uh, no, the Olympians uh, in Marvel uh, Comics parlance have certainly been around as long as the Asgardians have. So, you know, from comic publications from the 1960s. um, And the most, uh, I would say, famous of which of the Olympian characters... Is Hercules, uh, who is a long-running uh, member of the Avengers uh, in the '70s, and the '80s, uh, you know, and through the through the through the famous leather jacket era of the Avengers into the '90s, where he shaved his beard, which was kind of a big thumbs down, um, and just you know, so that that's big, and he was always really a foil to Thor. Uh, so I would love to see that being like you know, just like we're kind of saw at the end of Endgame, where Thor himself was going to be a a thorn in the side of Peter Quill. Uh, Hercules coming along to be a thorn in the side uh, of Thor, I think, would be magnificent. So this is great. You know, Russell Crowe himself is a mixed bag as a person, uh, because he's really had some, uh, some very public spats and, and uh you know in the Did public throw eye. A
1: telephone at somebody i can't yeah,
0: wait yeah he yeah he beamed somebody in a restaurant or one of his assistants he's just maybe you know the aussie like his native aussies might say that he's kind of a bad bloke um but regardless uh i think that uh this could be really cool to kind of you know tee up the olympians as something that could you know we could get a you know a war of olympus or something like maybe these olympians sometime at some point find themselves in contrast with the eternals uh and you know, whatever remains of asgard so i love it now todd you know thor uh and and that whole methodology that is your that is your bailiwick uh that is your yeah. heavy background so yeah
1: so where do you stand with with russell crowe and the olympians and all that stuff i think it's kind of interesting because it, and i don't want to go into the um Viduvian territory, but God of War is one of my favorite series, and that started off as basically uh, you had the uh, it, like the you know the the, the standard god, Zeus and things like that. But then the series rebooted, and then they end up exploring the, the the Norse gods. So I like that the fact that you know essentially the Asgardians are all but you know living on a like a little port, in New Asgard or whatever that place is. Uh, right. Basically, it's like a little uh, fishing town, probably outside of Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: no, 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 uh, Atlanta.
1: Yeah, so essentially, though, then you're like, well, maybe there's other gods that are inspired by, you know, otherworldly things as well, not necessarily like, you know, beings above us, but beings that live in, you know, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy type of, you know, space gods and things like that, which then opens up the door for Egyptian gods, Moon Knight, Khonshu, things like that, opens up, you know, other beings of mythology and things like that, which I think would be really cool, and adds, once again, more areas where they can dip in for more, you know, threats and characters to go after i i like it i like this a lot and russell crowe um he is taking any paycheck these days he made that one weird movie where he plays a guy (laughs) who got pissed off because somebody almost swerved into him and then he basically i had a really bad day you know and then (laughs) yeah it was like one of those direct videos so i like him though but i think he's a good actor And i think he's finally not taking himself so seriously
0: you know what there's no there's no better way in life to not take yourself so seriously
1: things are a lot than more taking, fun that than way taking
2: a hundred million dollar paycheck every time you do it that's exactly. very
0: that's very unserious of him that's very <laughs> unserious of him i appreciate that yeah. well, I, 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 so I look it. at
2: it, all of these as there there are all those posters out there of like you know the marvel uh character universe and there's the it's the venn diagrams where this is the circle that contains the x-men and the circle that contains the avengers and the and so and so every time they're like Oh, and now we're gonna sneak in the Olympians. Cool. Well, that just opened up an entire sub, uh, an entire world of characters that we haven't it's had like, before. Well, now we're gonna throw right. in the turtles. Great. There's an entire wing of the of the comics that we have not touched yet. And and it started with Guardians of the Galaxy opening up that wing of of the characters and then expanding into the space type characters. I think right. we're gonna see the same thing happen with with Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Oh, ab- Because that opens it, yes. that a thousand wing. times over,
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah that kind so of opens it's, it's the door. That. Yeah, that movie is live. what if that's a twenty twenty two movie. And that opens the door for everything else.
2: And we would have never had. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of the the volume one is probably one of my favorite superhero movies of all time because it's just a perfect movie, just a perfect 70s pulpy, you know, space high. It's 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 perfect, and it it proved to Marvel that they could do that, that they could take a chance. We would not have. I don't think we'd have Ant-Man. I don't think we'd have uh, certainly Doctor Strange uh, in the multiverse side. I don't think we'd have the Eternals if Guardians of the Galaxy didn't prove that they could get off of Earth, and it would be just fine, and it would and be very
1: close, and get weird. You're right, and yeah, yeah, and,
0: and, yeah, and be, and, and again, not taking themselves
1: so seriously. Bingo. I, I agree. Yeah, I think this is going to be very very cool. Um yeah, next story, um it's it's kind of fun. Uh well, basically Charlie, um we're getting into the next stage. I don't know. I, are we going to do like phases of like Disney or Marvel TV because uh, I hope we don't because I thought was always thought that the phases were so stupidly silly. Um sure, but true. we are getting to the next, you know, set that we really don't know much about yet. We saw like a teaser of like it's called secret invasion it's going to be samuel jackson and and that era um and now we're getting this is going to be starting to get filled out uh hinted upon by the end of wandavision with photon and now we're getting some more actors being cast for the series we've got amelia clark uh daenerys and also of the infamous last terminator film yeah uh mm, nah, <laughs> yes it's ah, not so great uh she's going to be in this along with olivia coleman who charlie i i gotta tell you i just saw episode one of fleabag and she's great in this and that what? series is weird
0: i'm telling you it's funny because you and i just talked about that last week and yep. you'll be done with it in a minute because it's six episodes but yeah, it's like 22 minutes long it's super sure. weird and the the guy the husband of that is he was on that show that you love that another period wasn't he one of the he was a husband or a brother. Oh, no, he yes. was a, oh, He was one the of the. Ser- he was the head ser- too. Yeah, he was the one. Uh, he was like the head servant guy. So yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah. my god. Yeah, great show. Great wacky true. stuff, but anyway. But anyway, yeah, so Amelie Clark, uh, Olivia Coleman joined Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, along with Kingsley Benadier, uh also in this. And there's a lot of speculation on who they will play. Uh obviously, Sword is a group, basically it's Space Shield. Uh, Space uh Abigail Brand is the commander of that, who we have not been introduced yet. That could be somebody. I believe she's half alien. Um, and then uh, you know, potentially maybe Jessica Drew could be involved because she ended up becoming becoming the Skrull Queen, right, Charlie? Like she was, she was the first one that was revealed as a Skrull, and then was actually the Skrull Queen, right?
0: Yeah, you know, it's been a while since I read that series, but I mean, it's it's going to be a, a, of an occasion to revisit it with all this going on. So yeah, I'm totally totally with you. This is great. I'm assuming in production now. Certainly, anything that we're going to end up seeing next year, but oh, yeah, bro- no production date has start, has been. Oh, finished. so we could so be looking awesome. at something yeah. far beyond, but. I mean, bringing in the big names, I mean, bringing in a heavy hitter on the genre wise of Amelia Clark only ensures eyes on target, which is, again, as we talked about, that's what these streaming services are really looking to accomplish because they've got to. Uh, really focus on developing this library that is always going to keep people not thinking about, well, you know, Disney Plus is dumb, and maybe I should cancel it, cause, or to just forget that they're subscribed anyway, and they just turn it on like they might do a TV station back in
1: the old days. Or you have three years of subscri- subscription like I do right. and you do. Yes, yes, So do. Exactly. Uh, or you you have Verizon, and you get it for free. So Avery, uh, Secret Invasion, is that something you're aware of, what what, what it's based on, or, or uh, any background with that storyline?
2: Bits and pieces. I, I'm pretty sure I looped into the Wikipedia article whenever they uh, whenever they announced it. The the scrolls popping up in uh, Captain Marvel, of course, was like a, oh okay, that's a thing that's happening now. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's certainly on my radar. I I will I will I will I will reveal a, a, the glaring omission in my nerd. Sir, I don't read comic books. I'm a big <laughs> fan of comic book movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movies. But I've never actually picked up and read cover to cover a single comic book.
1: Charlie, I, I, I think I know why. I think Avery never figured out which way to read the, 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 the thought bubbles and which way the pages go.
0: You right. Know, if I I'm could try, just trying to, to read it upside out. down, backwards to front. He I thought imagine. it was
1: manga. He's reading it backwards and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Try, try he said cover to cover. So
2: perhaps you started it and your frustration led you to I, abandon I, it I, by I, page two or three. You know, I put it on my I put it on my piano and I tried to play it and it just the the it wasn't coming out with good music. So I just I didn't I didn't get it.
1: You know what? I think that that's perfectly fair. I understand. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a toughie. Uh well, it, it's a great I would say it's a great story, one of my favorites, um, and I'm glad they are finally adapting this. I thought this would have made a great like uh movie series, but this is the great thing about the MCU T V series now, we don't have any uh a, a rift anymore because they all play together and it's all gonna come together. So these T V series are as important as the movies for plot development. So I like that. So it's gonna be fun when we see this comes out, maybe in twenty twenty two or twenty 20- 23. Uh, with that, Charlie, uh, we actually had some uh, comic releases, and I did the dirty work and actually called out a couple comic books that are coming out in the July solicits that are interesting. Well, I'm
2: interesting. glad we finally got into the section that I'm going to be useful to talk about then.
0: Yeah, you know, Todd, you, you labeled this one as me, but j- but jump on in. Uh, and, f- you know, if
1: you picked them, jump on in and start talking about them. It's interesting because Amazing Fantasy is a comic book series that's very famous because of Spider-Man. But other than that, we really don't know. It well, looks like Marvel's bringing this back, and they've really— Really have, they're having fun with the books. Basically, they're putting our characters, our, our steamed characters, in a very fantasy setting. So, Avery, I think you could kick out this. It's like basically they're, one of the covers is uh, basically a, a very feral-looking Captain America with a shield riding a... I guess it would be either, not a chimera, but a winged like lion character uh, that's a, a huh. going to attack an an orc and a hot sexy elf. So I like this. And there's another one where it's Captain America, the the, the modern one you would see, but he's being attacked by these um these alien like creatures. So I think they're just gonna have fun with this. And this is a series, basically a series one of five, and it's just gonna be a lot of fun taking different approaches to these heroes. And it's kind of like almost like Elsewhere's Charlie. I think it's just gonna be. Uh, each each episode is going to be, issue is going to be a little bit different. So that is amazing fantasy. The next one though, Charlie, Sinister War, and this is basically yeah. The, your Yeah, you know, and I, I
0: love. Yeah, and I love this. I you know I I have very uh, very publicly I talked about how I have bailed on uh, monthly subscriptions, but um, <laughs> let's say I'm actually able to get caught up. I would love to just be able to read stuff that has come to me. Up to including the time I canceled my print subscriptions, but a four-issue uh, miniseries uh, based on uh, the Sinister Six, which goes all the way back to a, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One in 1964, that was, you know, uh, six of Spidey's uh, enemies banding together to assault him, um, Doctor Octopus being one of them. It says, Oc's got a new Sin, Doctor uh, Octopus has a new Sinister Six, and if you." Uh, Think he's thought big in the past, think again. What he doesn't know is that the Vulture, who is another one of the Sinister Six, has a sextet of his own, the Savage Six. It's an all-out war. Between the two uh, greatest villains uh, in the Marvel Universal, I don't know that i go that far, uh, but the only person <laughs> they hate more than each other is Spider-Man. So, I mean, this cover really says it all. My God, it, what a, uh, what a, uh, you know, obviously. These it's, got it's got Stegron. It's got Stegron. Yeah, Stegron, Cobra, Rhino, Tarantula, you know, Craven of course. Lots of, yeah. you, you got Sandman and Hydro Man, Lizard, Electro, and, you know, Ock, and, and, and of course, the Vulture himself. So. Yeah. Uh, And Scorpion, who I love. So that is, I mean, that is really a who's who of 60s, uh, 70s, and even into the 80s. I think the the youngest character in there would be Hydro Man from the early 80s. So that's a great combo. And again, uh, this is written by Nick Spencer, who is widely regarded, but it's run by Todd's favorite artist, Mark Bagley. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes
1: mr brown bag artist yes yeah so yeah I, I might read this if it's just you know a standalone series i don't have to read all, all the other books it, it could be a lot of fun well, um charlie I'll, I'll, t- I'll
0: tell you what i will jump on a comic salesy and i will pre-order it right now and make well, you why aren't you just waiting office. for
1: until it comes to marvel ultimate
0: because that's not timely time
1: that's not timely
0: and every <laughs> once in a while every once in a while you <laughs> have to feed the beast you have to support it so i'm good
1: i'm doing it i'm in <laughs> Charlie's, got, Charlie's going to support the comic book uh, industry. I will just subscribe to their services that are more convenient to me. Oh, well. Um, next, we've got Extreme Carnage Alpha number one. These titles, Avery, are probably daunting, but um, we've had so many weird, like, Extreme Carnage, Maximum Carnage, Ultimate Carnage. Um, is it time for just um, a little bit of carnage? or uh,
2: <laughs> Minor carnage. Minor it, carnage, it, medium carnage. Itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny. Carnage. Yeah.
1: So I, I don't, don't even know what's carnage. happening, Charlie. You're not big into, like, the Carnage or the Venom. No,
0: spinning. you know, I, I did one Venom uh, miniseries that I couldn't even tell you what it was. I even think it maybe had the same name, like, two and a half, three years ago, and it was this multi-part crossover, and it was a bunch of gobbledygook, and it kind of started my slow roll to just wanting to be totally done with monthly comics and crossovers. Uh, this was even before I got burned by uh, the, the, what was it, the War of the Realms or the Reign yep. of the Realms, whatever the hell that was. I was I was too burned out by that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be more of that. So I know there's a big fan base for that. I think there's one dude in particular who writes those Venom books and, and people are a big fan of it. But, you know, if you're into it, cool. I will probably skip it. But uh, something that I'm curious about, X-Men number one, they're getting another number one. We've had multiple number ones lately in X-Men, and I don't know if I'm going to be a big fan of this. I was not a huge fan of – the the Krakoa storyline is very interesting, but it's not really snagged me after the first iteration. Um, So I I will probably check out the number one, but – my my love of the x-men has kind of diminished over time just because there's so much of it so we'll see if it's it's interesting or not but one that is interesting to me is moon knight number 1 because moon knight is one of those characters that seems like he's always rebooted because he's either insane he's a bounty hunter he's t- he's it's weird it's like almost like he's like a multi multi multi-dimensional character where it's really like it's completely different every time this one seems like it's going back to more of the roots where he's using the fist of konchu and doing some crazy stuff take fighting crime it could be interesting we've read some in the past where it was just like he was he was he insane was he sane and i'm not a big fan of that type of premise and trope but this could be interesting who knows
0: Yo, know, yeah that uh i can't i can't say that i'm one that really keeps up um but still a fascinating character. again, he's been an Avenger. Uh, he most recently uh, in the Avengers title, led uh, you know, led to to Kanchu taking over the earth and changing it into, you know, New Egypt. And so just a lot of crazy, weird stuff with this character
1: without a doubt. So yeah. One thing I thought was interesting: we're getting a Gamma Flight, which apparently span, uh, spun out of uh, the, the 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 current Hulk series, which I think is interesting because I really didn't think they had a relationship. But it was showing, with uh, the cover showed uh, Puck on the ground, you know, diminished uh, and demolished, maybe. So Gamma Flight, what happened to Alpha Flight? Sorry, Mark Carabin.
0: Ouch! Yeah, sorry, sorry, Canada. This one's not for you. This bud is not for you.
1: Yeah. And then lastly, Avengers number 46. What really pulled this out to me is basically they're recreating the World War Hulk with World War She-Hulk. I don't really know what that means, but Marvel loves to recreate those classic stories and and bring them back again. So I'm curious. I know she's kind of like um, a savage She-Hulk now, but I don't know much more about what's going on with She-Hulk.
0: She was just Hulk and, and on the Avengers squad. But again, one of the reasons I kind of gave it the monthly books is I had fallen so far behind. Uh, you know, in the, the more, most recent Avengers issues that I was looking at. Uh, they were having the Phoenix Force uh, was bouncing between characters, uh, trying you know fighting a war for dominance, and it was Cap as Phoenix fighting uh, Doom as Phoenix, and it was just it was kind of a mess to me. So I'm not exactly sure. The Avengers, that being said, have a really great lineup right now, and like one of the best ones they've had in years. But still, I couldn't tell you how this all boils down. So I don't know. You know, well, the, uh, it, it's it, it's different every go of it, and nothing is permanent. Nobody
1: stays dead. Uh, you know, stuff always comes back around. Well, you know what? You'll know in July if you read the books. Well, yes, that is it for the news this week. But now it's time for us to check into our favorite geek establishment for libation, and that's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're in the geek easy drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Well, Avery, uh, we are all ready to talk about th- this exciting finale. So why don't you take it away? Yes. Oh. Before we do. So spoilers, reached,
2: yes, very much so. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, 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 uh coming for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we have reached the finale of Marvel's second. Inside the MCU limited run Disney Plus series. This one a little shorter than the One Division, which was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. and I also very much liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, particularly because I live in Baltimore. And uh, it was not actually Baltimore that they filmed in, uh, but they did a great job skinning the police cars to look like the Baltimore uh, PD mm-hmm. police cars. Uh, but a, a, a phenomenal ending i I will say uh, on the on the positive side I thought it was a great i i thought they encapsulated this story very well. I thought that six episodes they could have done one more i think they could have done maybe one more just to give uh Carly's outro a little more breathing room um instead it was uh fight 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 dead okay now cap's gonna give a speech uh and i and I thought that that you know that didn't get a lot of breathing room. Her her big master plan of hijacking these people and just moving them off site to I guess because they wouldn't just hold the vote next week didn't really land with me. But I don't think that was the point. The point was to put the pieces on the board. They wanted to get, uh, they wanted to get Emily um uh Van Z- or, uh Van Zant, They wanted to get uh uh Agent Van Camp Carter. Van Camp uh, Van Camp. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, like the beans, uh, they wanted to get her on the board as power broker. They wanted to get uh, Sam Wilson on the board as the as Captain America. They wanted to get John Walker on the board as U.S. agent. They wanted to have the Contessa uh, in there and having a point. And and it was all about moving the pieces onto the board uh, to set up the next non uh, special is not the right word. There's a lot coming up in the MCU that is. Super superpower that is outer space or multi-dimensional or whatever else, but we did not have the setup for the next. Captain America movie because the Captain America movies are grounded. They're happening here on Earth. They're spy thrillers or they're heist Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. not heist movies, but, you know, military thrillers. We didn't have that. So now we have all the pieces we need on the board. We have a villain, you know, a good guy turned villain. And we have a, uh, you know, we have Cap who is just a regular human with a kind of badass Wakanda suit. Um, You know, the pieces are on the board now for more terrestrial uh, super soldiers still, but, but an an earthbound um set of marvel uh to partner with all of the much more interdimensional multidimensional space side set of marvel that's coming up.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I I I really think and, and I told Charlie this, I felt like a lot of shows lately have The pacing is is struggled at times. Mm. And then you get to the final episode and they've got to lift so much heavy lifting that it feels like it's it's overstuffed and it feels like nothing feels satisfying. Mm. In this one, I did feel like largely it was satisfying, except for the villain element. To your point, I kind of felt like, yeah, you know, why are we trying to redeem Carly? Carly is a mass murderer, unfortunately, at this point. She's not getting a redemption story, except maybe her cause would. The problem is the Flag Smashers we're going to be terrorists ultimately rather than you know peacemakers and whereas we saw sam took that pivot to basically explain their case in a way that ultimately she never was able to because she didn't have a voice so i like that i i like the costume it was very cool um i did like completely spot accurate
0: that and the u.s u.s agent costume the most comic – I've commented this – the most comic-accurate costumes I've seen yet in all of the MCU,
1: they nailed it. They really nailed it. It's like uh, it's like uh, Malibu Stacy with a hat. It's it's the same costume but black.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know, and like I said, that's – and the beauty of me is I've been – I have always loved that black costume dating back, obviously, like I've talked about to the 80s, Mark Gruenwald. I've wanted to cosplay it. Uh, I, I've looked at some options, haven't really gotten things together. Now, because already the John Walker Captain America costume is already available, I know that this U.S. Agent one will be available like next week. So I'll be able to p- jump on top of that instead. So I'll be able to be John Walker without the underbite and the gross
1: scruffle. Mm. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? Come on, come on, come on, Cap! You got to have a shave. You know that's not part right. of you know our normal appearance. But although. Falcons got you know got the goatee so it it is an interesting mix and yeah we we've got some pieces that are kind of out there. The power broker kind of felt like uh, yeah we kind of saw that coming out of the way although some people have said, is it a long game where she's really not the power broker mm-hmm. or she is the power broker, but she set up that. So she can eventually do the turn and be the double, double agent and, you know, kind of the, tri- the, tri- the quadruple agent. Exactly. Reveal what's going on behind the background. So maybe that's where it's heading. We've got, you know, some have said, well, maybe this is how they formed the Thunderbolts with U.S. Agent. Maybe right. doing something and a little Z- different. And Zemo being the leader citizen. Leader. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although that would be weird for them because he hates super soldiers. You know, maybe it's right. Like, you know, maybe they have to come together for because of a reason.
2: And they haven't really leaned in, at least so far in the MCU, they haven't leaned into groupings. You know, there's no. the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's about it. Um, there are other well-established groupings that you could form out of the characters that are currently in the roster, right. but they haven't done it yet, and they haven't been pushing that way. They might go that way, but I, to a degree, I kind of get that they it's not really their thing because there's something limiting about you know putting a team together because once you put the team together then you expect you got to have the team movie and you got to have a couple of those team movies because they did it right. with the avengers so that means if they come out with the inhumans they're going to have to do a series of the, if they come out with the so i get it uh but yeah uh, we'll see they they the there's the young avengers which which could easily be popping up now with we've got a, f- a few of those folks up uh yeah options i, I don't know we'll see yeah, I mean,
0: I love. Um, and again, there's a lot of talk going on, like, oh, they totally butchered uh, Sharon's character. They made her a villain, blah blah blah. But again, she's a spy. She could be doing well, the spy game. And we've already absolutely talked about the fact that Secret Invasion is on its way. What if she is the vanguard of being a Skrull? Absolutely. You know what um, I mean? So yeah, it's it, they set set up some real obvious ties uh, to doing some different stuff. So I am. I am fascinated to see where it goes. It was, I, Todd, I'm with you. Uh, absolute satisfaction. This was the Marvel property. Uh, Television wise, that I was looking forward to. This was my big thing for 2021, uh, knowing that that the movie seemed to be this great white buffalo because uh, we've not seen one since Spider Man Far From Home. You know, in the summer of 2019, you yes. know, we've really come to rely on WandaVision, which my wife I enjoyed, but my wife was crazy about. And then this one was for me. This one was absolutely for me. I loved it. I just said to her today, "Hey, let's sometime this week. Let's sit. And let's watch all of WandaVision and all of." Uh, you know, uh, Cap Falcon, the Winter Soldier, back to back, and and get kind of that full movie experience because uh, very enjoyable. They they've really they've really made it work. This was this is th- this was like Todd said it was uh it, while the pacing it can never be perfect. We did flatten it out uh, in this final episode with something that you're like satisfied the story, but obviously it left us wanting for more and room for the story to continue. But ultimately, it's good the way it is. Yeah, and it I also think we- set
2: up. Oh, sorry. You know, it it also the other thing that it put in play that I don't think has gotten as much attention as it could be is it put Madripoor in play? Yeah, uh, and Madripoor right. being very heavily involved with the 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 X series um, as well as several other ones. Uh, that is that is a place we will be back to. We we already know uh, Madripoor is coming back. And I am blanking on it. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah, I'm calling it
1: now. Apparently, we're all pronouncing uh, it wrong. <laughs> for the
2: last, for the last, for the last fifty years. Whoops. Yeah. No, uh, but you know, the the X Men. It got its War got its start in X Men and has been uh, very heavily involved throughout there. So that that. Provides a logical step-off point for what has to come. We know the X Men are coming. They have to. They they they've owned the property too long now for something to not be in pre-production.
1: We just don't know what yet. Absolutely. Um. One of the things I think that was they they did a couple of things really well to just to to, to finalize this. Um. Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. I love the fact that they brought him in. I thought he mm-hmm. finally got a a good ending to his tale. And you could tell that, you know, Carl Umley and the way he was managed, managed that character and that take on the character really, really well done. It's a character not many people know about, not been really highlighted. So glad to see that. And also Bucky, you know, finally kind of has faced his demons. It's not going to be something that's going to be like, oh, what this is going to do. He's going to have a series where he just. Talks to all the people. No, nope, that's probably kind of been resolved, and he can move on. And 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 lastly, it sounds like this is one of the series where potentially we will see um, it go on and maybe more than one season, versus some of the others that will not probably get another season. So right. it's going to be interesting how they can use this in, in the TV shows. So ah oh man, can't wait. Loki's next, and then oh, what I know, and I'm we're getting excited. We're,
0: God, we're yeah, and we're getting a month's break, so we we yeah. can all kind of catch our. So breath. we can
1: watch <laughs> the Bad Batch. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, yeah t- you yeah. know, and and over on Holocon Chronicles, we are kind of dedicating the show to that. So, Todd, I'm sure uh, your invitation will be in the the email. Uh, sure to, join, to join us for one of those. I think <laughs> I'm like,
1: oh no. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. um Well, but so Todd, you got you had an adventure.
0: Well, Todd, to to round this out, don't you want to talk a little bit about? uh oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you want to talk a little bit about what comes next for Captain America?
1: Yeah, so so we didn't want to give this away. This is once again spoilers. Now, if you've not watched it, um, we're gonna talk about a a outcome of this, and that is the fact that uh, there is going to be a fourth Captain America film in the world, Um, and it's gonna be by the same writer who worked on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Malcolm Spellman. And so this is once again, it's a new. Uh, movie that has not been announced now it's been announced and so this one no clue when it'll take place or what'll be the the the, the, the what'll happen with it and who will be in it but um yeah we're gonna have captain america continue in a cinematic way and you know quite honest at this at this point falcon has had more screen time than chris Evans has so right yeah exactly yeah. so
0: <laughs> This Yeah, fascinating, and he's really developed into a greatly fleshed-out character. This this Absolutely. series really got that done, so I'm, I'm fired up. So, yes, Todd, as you teased to mentioned, I did have quite an adventure this week. I mean, I talked uh, quite extensively uh, w- over the last few episodes about how I have, uh, and really over the last several months, about how I've kind of abandoned print comics, I've abandoned monthly subscriptions, and how I've had... You know, eight comic boxes, which I know some people oh, eight comic boxes, I have a thousand. Yeah. You know, taking it, taking it up space in my house and I'm like, I wanna get rid of these. I, I went down, I've had a t I have had I have a great action figure collection, um, but I have several put away in tubs and I said, you know what, instead of keeping these put away in the tubs, why don't we just get rid of them? Why don't I get rid of this and harness those funds to further hobbies that I'm currently enjoying, which is my cosplay and to further other things that I want to do with my collecting, whether it's the Eagle Moss or it's the Marvel Legends Black Series or the new uh, McFarland DC figures. Uh, so down in Jackson, Michigan, which is about an hour and a half from here, um, they, they have this is a company that has a really well run toy show in a great locality. Um, it was ended up being really well attended. Uh, I actually went down and crashed with a friend for the weekend. She came out and helped me uh, run the booth. We're cosplayer. So she uh, was my friend, Miranda, my other, other best friend, as I refer to her as, so Todd, you're, you're number two. Cause April, my wife is obviously number one. I'm sure you understand, um, but she, uh, <laughs> we're, we're cosplayers. She does uh, the Baroness and just beautifully. And wh- how, what better to go to a toy show dressed as the Baroness? So she was my she was my draw to the booth. But we did incredibly well, sold a few of those figures. But I have to tell you, I will never cease to be amazed uh, because Todd, you and I used to be these guys, people who approach a booth. And again, I had. Uh, two short boxes and two long boxes up on this table for people to look through. How you have people swoop in and start going through these bins, pulling things out, pulling things out. And I was doing two dollar comics or two for ten, and obviously those were two for ten bucks. So or ten for ten bucks, and that obviously stacked. I had a dude drop one hundred and fifty dollars wow. on me buying comics. I was <laughs> stunned at the end of the day that. Comic sales plus the action figures I cleared uh, with my expenses over 400 bucks. I was I was stunned. I was stunned. So I actually, uh, you know, I I did exactly what I planned to. I turned around. I reinvested that in some of my other hobbies. Um, And I'm now motivated to there's a monthly toy show here in Grand Rapids. Uh, These Jackson folks have another show. Uh, down at that venue next month. I think that might be a little too soon for me because I'm uh, going uh, out of state to visit some family, so that's going to take up some time. Um, but uh, certainly as I get a little more into the year and we start working more monthly shows, I'm planning to look really tightly at the comics I kept because my only criteria for keeping those comics is what does not what is not accessible to me in any other way than print. The old Marvel Indiana Jones, series that I grew up reading doesn't exist anywhere. It's not, not in digital, not in trade paperback form. So those got to keep, but all the, all the Spider-Man stuff that I've still got that, that I'm going to be going over with the fine tooth comb by comparing it to Marvel unlimited. And if I can read it there, Todd, you and I both know there's no reason
1: to keep it. Yeah, you're a reader. You're, you're, you're not really. A, I'm. I'm not a comic book collector either. So it's right, really. Exactly. I read it for the stories. I don't collect it for the value or or to put them in a box and never look at them. So I'm in the same boat. I, I culled mine quite a long time ago, and probably time to cull it again because once again years go by and I haven't looked at it. So if well, it, it, if, it, yeah, if someone it's, came in the night and stole them away, I probably wouldn't even know until I looked. the same Right. Oh, exactly. You know, okay. and the same thing
0: with the figures. I you know I go down and I look at the shelf and I said. You know what? I, I, with the Marvel Legends, I, I've been pretty strict about keeping it to just the comic book figure versions of it but then i look and i see the few mcu figures i have and i'm like you know what like i have some villainous characters i have some other ones that are hero characters i'm like i really don't want these so they're going to go in a bag i'm going to look at uh, values on ebay and i'm going to start with a fresh crop uh when i get to the next figure show so and again raising money so not only for their other hobbies but just to you know to pay the bills as it were so um yeah i kind of got a taste for it i'm hungry for it and i want to do more of it so um again you know, I enjoy taking a, a hard look at my collection, figuring it's the feng shui of, of figure collecting. What brings you joy, and what is just there?
1: You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. I, I do. I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not spark addicted joy.
2: to what, it. What Joy. You, you, you thank it for its service, and you let it go. Absolutely. I will. I'll as let, as uh, Marie Kondo would tell you,
0: I will let it go to the sales floor and let somebody else. Until Luke gets it. a new jacket. Until, <laughs> until yeah, until yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i do have three very distinct shelves i have uh every star wars black series luke skywalker figure i have every marvel legends spider-man figure and i have every marvel legends captain america figure those three that that's my holy trilogy the rest could rise and fall but those three will always be resolute
1: yes yes very good very good well um uh Very quickly, I did want to say, Charlie, I think you saw it, but my mom got me a diamond-select statue of Thor, so that's now displayed in my little thor shrine and awesome. the thor action figure i haven't think he's he's not a select i'm not sure what he is he's a marvel with a thing he's big guy um he's gonna go I, i'm gonna swap out and and and, and do some more higher end statues uh and i i think that's where i'm gonna head rather than action figures but um but, the, but the real the real main focus of what i'm geeking out about this week is a new series on netflix called shadow and bone um and they obviously dropped all of the episodes. This is based on a uh, book series. Uh, it's dubbed the Grishaverse. But it's essentially a very interesting concept of this takes place and it looks like it's almost like turn of the century Russia where the uniforms are wearing kind of like those weird, you know, those hats that are kind of furry and everything with like the the the, the sickle and you know uh, cross uh, for like the, the the army, but it's basically set in kind of that era, but it mixes a lot of fantasy elements. Um, basically, this world is divided by this darkness called the Fold, and it's separating basically a world that has a little more fantasy, a little magic. These 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 special these people with special abilities called the Grisha, where they can do magic abilities and they have armies and things like that, but they don't have a lot of. Uh, Basically, they don't have the ability to have crops, and they have to basically fight for everything they get. Where on the other side of the world is basically it's the land of plenty and vice. So basically, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of boozing, whoring, and a lot of things you can sell and buy. Um, and it's basically divided. And basically, this is what's keeping the world kind of in its place. And this whole premise is about. They want to find a way to get across uh, both sides. One wants to invade. One wants to take things from there. And the premise is very few people have survived, and it's all about getting across. And there's potentially a type of Grisha called a Sun uh, a suncaster essentially who can basically divide the darkness and uh, kill the creatures of the darkness to pass through. And that's kind of where this goes. The, the, the first episode is really good. It sets it up. Basically there's people on the one side who want to get across. They're kind of like the grifters, the owner of this place. They, they know somebody that knows a way to get across. The other army is trying to get across. And as they do, uh, one of these suncasters actually happens to be a map maker uh, that is brought along this voyage and when they get attacked by these creatures, she uh, her powers come out, and that's what that's what happens. So essentially this is going to be – she has now become the most valuable person in the world, Um, and this is where it's going to go. You kind of see it in both sides. They're telling both sides of the story, which is very cool. I like this. It's very – the values are very well done. Um, Netflix put a ton of money behind this, and a lot of people are – uh, passionate about this book series i really like it so i'm gonna watch more and it's really fun the first episode went really quick so it's about an hour long each but i believe there are 10 episodes so if you like that kind of take where um it's a little bit of you know not like old old fantasy but it's a little mix of you know uh not so modern times but with um a mix of uh fantasy and 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 vice i think you'll enjoy it so check out shadow and bone it debuted april
0: 23rd nice cool good deal a uh, Todd, we can always list. count. The ho- oh. the hottest of hot
2: takes, we get those from Todd. Yes. What would you say, Avery? <laughs> it is definitely on my watch list. Uh, I love those kind of things. We, we watched all of the Golden Compass uh, or His Dark Materials. Loved that. So I, I'm a big fan of these uh, dramatic set piece fantasy shows.
1: I'm just happy now they have a budget to actually tell this the stories well, and they have good writing, too. Back in the day... You got Hercules' legendary voyages or journeys or whatever, <laughs> and Xena, Warrior Princess. So we've moved oh, on. Lord. Thank goodness to Send Game of Thrones. Somebody's
2: backyard in Brisbane. Uh, absolutely. Oh, we're filming in New Zealand again. Yeah.
0: Right. That's like that one park <laughs> in L- that that one park in LA that is always any community park. You've absolutely. seen it in ten thousand different. Or Vasquez Rocks
1: uh, from the original Star Trek. Exactly. Um, yeah. It was yeah. A- Everything fills in for uh, fantastical places. Oh, well, right. well, that is it for the Geek Easy. But now it's time for us to traverse and make a voyage through the Fold to get to the Thunderdome.
0: Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome!
1: Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome. Where the mutants been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week it's a very special episode. Uh that is for Mortal Kombat uh twenty twenty one. Not to be confused with Mortal Kombat nineteen ninety six. Bye, somewhere around there. Yeah, or Annihilation, the, the crap fest that was that. Um, this is on HBO Max uh, and in theater. Um, and this will be a spoiler cast, folks. So if you've not seen this yet, uh, check out HBO Max or see it in the theater, because now the theaters are opening up. Uh, but just a little bit about this. Uh, this was uh, made for a budget of $55 million. Um, and actually, this now is made, uh, I believe, across the board, $60 million at the box office. So uh quite Quite honestly, this is made up what it's made plus whatever it brought in for HBO Max. Um, so that's pretty cool. Made $22.5 million domestically, which, you know, doesn't seem like a lot. But in the, you know, considering the time of COVID, that's not half bad. I think it's probably the number two COVID opening film uh, in 2021. Uh this will be uh, – I'll give you the synopsis. It's MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against enemies of Hot World in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Directed by Simon McQuaid – McQuad, McQuaid, maybe. Uh, produced by James Wan, starring a bunch of people – Nobody knows who they are unless you are big into Asian cinema. Uh, So, folks, uh, we are going to get into this, um, and we're going to give our pros and our cons, and then we'll give our final review. So just a little forward on this. um, Charlie's not a video gamer, of course, but I am. And I remember going to Lapeer Lane's bowling alley, (laughs) playing Mortal Kombat against Gabe Vargo. We had so much fun. I remember when this came to the um, the consoles at home. Uh, f- the funny part was Mortal Monday. I remember at Michigan State Charlie when this launched in the consoles. Um, they had the big commercials for it. People were shouting Mortal Kombat very loudly in the quad, you know, at Hubbard Hall. Um, and then um, the uh, the Super Nintendo version instead of Red Blood had Green Blood, and this was very famous for being on, you know, at at, at the Senate hearings for violence and everything like that. So, terrific. Oh, really compl- Mortal Kombat's phenomenon goes back to, like, the early 90s, like I said. This thing's been around a long time. Had movies, two movies earlier. One kind of did a decent job for the time, Christopher Lambert being Raiden. A lot of other people you didn't know. Then uh, the second one was horrible. They had comic they have comic books obviously the action figures they had um oh god um a cartoon series even and so many other things and i think they even had a uh, somebody made like this fan project to make bring Moral comic back and that kind of gave them the interest to make a movie out of this but the video game series has just continued to flourish and i'm a big fan of this series so um that's where I'm coming from, so I have a little bit of nostalgia, so I'm going to be a little bit of a rose-colored glasses, whereas Charlie won't. Uh, but Avery, do you have any rose-colored glasses, or is this kind of like, eh, not for me?
2: You know, uh, it, it, you can certainly say about Mortal Kombat 2021 that it was a motion picture. Thankfully, that is a true statement that you could make about that movie. You know, I didn't I I had no strong feelings going into this either way. Uh, I I specifically watched it for the for the purpose of this. Uh, I don't know that I would have watched it otherwise. Uh, because I didn't really... It, Mortal Kombat has never been a series that has uh, appealed to me. I'm not a fighter games person when it comes to games, and so therefore I'm not interested in Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've played all of 10 minutes of Mortal Kombat on Google Stadia because I got a code for it for free during a streamer's stream of it playing together with the streamer online. So that's the whole the whole of the whole for me. Uh, but the, ga- the, the movie was... Fine. It was it was fine. It was it wasn't amazing it had its cute little cutesy moments um, i I took I took uh I took some notes on this this is how utterly prepared I am for our podcast today and I took some notes on this and the very first note that I took I don't know if you guys have ever sensed this before but back in the maybe the 2000s you know late 90s and the 2000s did you ever get the feeling watching a movie that they were designing certain pieces of this movie to be re- replicable in a motion simulator Ride at Six Flags oh, or no. Dollywood or Disney <laughs> or Universal, like <laughs> like when, like just when they open the doors to the temple and they come into this big set piece, I'm like I'm like this is like clearly. This is set up so that if Universal ever buys this out from underneath them, they can create a Mortal Kombat temple fight ride, and you can go and tour the t- – whatever. Like, or, or a Mortal Kombat fight show, or I, that would I, be a little bit too grown up for the kids. But, yeah, I just – it it just – it was fine. It was – you know, the the number one question I had was, who are these people and why do we care?
1: Mm, very and good. And I don't
2: think they ever answered any of that.
1: think that's a good point i think that's a good point so your pro is it was a movie
2: yeah you know it was fun i will certainly say it was fun as a person who is familiar with the games the whole you know fatality and jack's wins and like all those little cheeky little nods to the game the sweep the leg johnny that that you know the guy was doing was a was a a throwback to the fact that the uh you could you could kind of just Screw people over at the game by constantly doing leg sweeps. That's true. Um, I did that. So there was, you know, they had the cute little moments, um, but it wasn't really it. it, Had I paid for that movie, I would have enjoyed the popcorn. Like that's (laughs) that's one of those films.
1: And I paid
2: for the movie in the theater. My favorite part of it would have been the popcorn.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Charlie, I am, I did you have am similar so, feelings?
2: So blessed
0: not to be alone because this was my fear. You're like, you got two video game guys coming in to talk about a video game movie. I thought I was going to be under the table sucking my thumb, like when is this over? Um, I, I, I had, no, I, I have nothing to. I, I really don't feel like I have a lot of value to add. Uh, it, uh, it had no story. Uh, it had no surprises it had no mystique uh it was Todd it was awful uh, the wife and I watched it this afternoon because I was gone I was gone doing this toy show over the weekend I got home about noon and I'm like honey I gotta put this piece of shit on you don't have to watch it with me uh I'm not you know extra stuck me with this she says no you know I saw some people on my feed who saw it so I feel like I gotta and we got done with this and we we're like uh, I said I would have been miserable if we went to the movie theater to watch this because I <laughs> would have been able to escape. I mean, I I respect um, you, you say nostalgia covered glasses. It's what got uh, us through the worst of the uh, Star Wars sequel films and the prequel films. And uh, certainly any really horrible continuation like the second Independence Day movie or – any of the following Rambo movies that have come out in the last 10 years, I get it. There is an audience for everything, but I think the built in really having a strong feeling and, and having those uh, touchstones and things like that, that you were talking about, Todd, the playing it at the bowling alley and, you know, yelling at having the mortal Kombat yelling at the, the, in the, the quad over by Hubbard hall there on good old the Michigan state campus. I gotcha. But for me, Nothing I, like I'd heard Sub-Zero and whatever and like that part of it. But it was just like and you're right. I noticed an actor here like the the uh, the African-American guy was also Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. And uh, the wait guy, was God, it was him? Yeah. McCod I... Brooks. Yeah, that was him. really. Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him. This is this is why I have my laptop. That's what the up movie and, did and, to him. And IMDb comes. Yeah, exactly. Lost his damn arms. And then also the uh, the dude who was very good with calculations. From the Dark Knight was another one of the characters. I couldn't tell you which one, but I had to look it up.
1: <laughs> well, thank you uh, for that. No, I'm you're not going to know welcome.
0: who it is. is. No, yes. I, you, you're you're going to have to look it up. But yeah, I I derived zero enjoyment from this film, Todd. I cannot
1: lie to you. Um, but but well, I I will ask you something. Did you at least enjoy the fight scenes? <sighs> Because I think they did a really good job with some of the fight scenes. I thought the action was pretty well done. You didn't see people flail around. You didn't. You kind of believe that these people are actually. It
0: didn't. It, it didn't look too side scroller where it was like where yeah, it, it didn't looked look like somebody was when they were actually fighting. smashing the buttons. There were there when he was fighting the the the, the green monster.
2: That The Hulk face with extra arms.
0: Yeah, that was
1: very Scorpion King. Uh, excuse me, that is uh, Goro. That is oh, Goro,
2: but the face they used was absolutely Hulk from the Avengers,
0: oh, like or th- H- like H- almost dead or on, like Hulk from Eric Bana Hulk. If you want to talk about shitty Hulk. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, probably that one. Yeah, from yeah, the universal, yeah
0: the 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 3 yeah, Hulk movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, Todd, I, I hear you, uh, and I would love to tell you I, I derived some kind of like, oh, that was well done, but I.
1: I well, you're not a big fan of like. Like for choreography, that's not like when you're like, I, I really enjoy that type of thing. So I get that. I mean, if it's not something where it stood out to you as something that I'm well,
0: no, you know I, I, I not necessarily like the the uh, the fight scene between um, Bucky and Falcon and John Walker in episode five of Falcon Winter Soldier. Awesome. I love it. All the flips and shit and watch that. I enjoy I enjoy flight fight choreography that that I feel like could look quasi real in life, but not when you got like, well, you not,
1: said, you know, like, so I did say that, I guess like more martial arts. So like a movie, like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, something like that. that. You're right. That it was like, cause that's exactly what this is. It's not realistic. Like all, you know, some of those blows. So I, I, I just, in that instance, yeah, I, I could see where it wouldn't, you know, be your, your cup of tea.
0: Right. And like the I said, other... I, I always have respect for people that enjoy things. I don't want to be one of those kind of, like, oh, sure. yeah. it sucked, blah, blah, because you know, Todd, you know that what is at the top of my list of pit, pit, pet peeves, militant fanboys and people who say, think what I think or you're a moron. Absolutely. I yeah, won't, absolutely. I won't, wrong, I won't do
2: it's it. Okay.
1: Gotcha. you. What's that? That's yes. I mean, You're you're wrong about that, but it's fine. I'll let you. I'll let that. Absolutely. Go. So the only reason I'm bringing that because like as someone who does enjoy, it, I thought I thought that was good. So if you you're, if that's something that isn't you, like it did, that would not be something. That would be a positive but for me. That was definitely a positive because I thought, and I will say, I you know I think the opening sequence was fantastic. You know. That felt like a different movie, though. Like you know, the first eight minutes.
0: Right. The, was... Oh, you talking about the, the in the village with the, yeah, the dad and the, and the baby yeah. and the son and yeah, you know, I got you're right. Absolutely, that didn't seem quite so fantastical. And boy, you're right. That right from the jump, I'm like, uh, and I don't know necessarily. The, my only experience with. The films from the 90s that you mentioned was listen, listening to the Caravan of Garbage on the Weekly Planet for the last couple of weeks where they cut those movies up. And I thought, oh, they sounded fairly, you know, germane. And for the time, like in this movie, right away, there's blood and guts. Oh, yeah. and everywhere. I'm like, whoa, don't is he sitting down like Todd. I, I know you don't sit down with Logan and watch this kind of stuff. So I'm sure that you No, we watch it with Logan. Oh, okay. I just. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, like he's 15. I mean. Well, I yeah, know, but the way you talk about now. it, it sounds like you you tiptoe around, you know, bedwetting. I want to see him an
1: orgy, or you know, or you know, it, it's 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 getting to the point. It's like this. You know, he's he's old enough where he can watch this stuff. But yeah, not like I, I, oh, I, I love watching. people. And there, I mean, God Almighty, there was so many f bombs. I mean, in <laughs> this movie, I'm like, okay, they, I guess we're going. They, we're going they leaned. In. They
2: leaned hard into the hard R uh, of this movie, which was understandable. I I will say the one – if I had to find a redeeming feature in this movie, it's the one that I don't think most people would uh, necessarily agree is redeeming. And I think it was the character of Kano. Yeah, The fact that he was an irredeemable, unapologetic bastard from moment one to moment end – uh, who, who there was absolutely no moment of his character where you expected there to be a redemption arc, where you were waiting for the positive, where he was going to sacrifice his, uh, no, he was a bastard in the first second you saw him, and he was a bastard in the last second you saw him, and, and he embraced that, it. And he embraced it, and we do not get those characters. You no. do not have every any movie that's gonna have to have some kind of redemption story to it has got to take that character and prove that he was he's got a heart of gold on the inside. No, this guy's heart was pure, unadulterated dick, and it was that through <laughs> the entire through the entire. He, was, the entire he movie.
1: was a dick heart. You got it. Absolutely. He was great, though. I, 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 and that's why I think this movie, in a way, it knew what it was and it wasn't trying to be anything. I mean, you've got the source material more a comment. OK, I play the video games. I really like the video games. The story's entertaining, but it's not great. I, I, I embrace it for what it is. Nobody and, needs it.
2: Nobody no. needs a story behind why Melina has her teeth like that. Like, absolutely. no, You're just fighting each other, punch each other and stab each other and then fatality.
1: Or why did that one dude all of a sudden show up? Who I know who he is, uh, Cabal. I mean, he just like, dude, are you from like the road war? If I would, like you guys, if I was like not familiar, I'm like, what the hell just happened? This is yeah, like over the who top are these ridiculousness. People, who are these people, and why
2: do we care? That exactly. is the, that is the two questions that they never bothered to answer the no. entire time. There, oh, there's gonna be a tournament, and and Shang Tsung wants to take over. And there was a never a tournament. tournament. Okay. Is that a problem that he wants to take over Earthworld? Why is that a problem? Is he going to kill everybody? Is like, is there an issue here? This has been going on for centuries, and yet nobody seems to know about it until just right now. This one random woman living in a trailer park in some That's unknown location, because they our, never our actually sent a story park, anywhere. Yep. Yeah. Like it was like, no, who are these people? Why do we care? They never bother to answer either of them. And if that's what, hey, that's probably fine. Maybe it's Snyder cut all over again, where there are these. Oh, more. Yeah, maybe material on the ground on the floor.
1: I would love to see uh, what is, the, wait, the, the, what the was Snyder cut of Mortal
2: Simon McCoy's The Mortal Kombat cut uh, I, I have to read this but Because it, it was interesting to me uh, This is his entry on, on Wikipedia I'm going to read his entire entry start to finish Are you ready? Simon McCoy, born April 23, 1984 So he's 37 uh, Is an Australian filmmaker Best known for directing the 2021 reboot of Mortal Kombat McCoy was also known for his background In directing commercials That's it Makes sense. That's his Makes entire
1: Wikipedia sense. article Makes sense He's accomplished.
2: His his IMDb has nothing on it other than Mortal Kombat and a video short from 2014 called The Nighttime Economy.
1: Fantastic! Wow. I love this. Yeah. So like what I said, a, what a pedigree. Yeah. My, my pros are the the opening sequence I thought was fantastic, but it had nothing to do with the rest of the film except you were gonna eventually see those two beat the crap out of each other in the future. There was uh, yeah this this movie had plot holes. Wasn't well scripted. Acting. Why did the dude have good. ice
2: powers? Why? Nobody like
1: no. Yeah. Why, why did he have to kill the family? We don't know. Um. Give, yeah. Give all me of 90 sudden. minutes
2: of that first nine minutes, and that's gonna be a really kick-ass historical action. Absolutely. Movie. Like yes. that would have been phenomenal. Give me like 90 minutes of Sonya and Jax going after Kano in the jungle. Maybe, but I don't care about MMA fighter dude. Uh, he's not even from the movies. Uh, I kept thinking the entire time, or from the games, I kept thinking the entire time he's going to turn out to be Johnny Cage, but he wasn't. Ha ha! They set up for a
1: sequel. Like, yeah, we got that. We got that little uh, little spoiler of Johnny Cage is going to be the next one. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I I can't defend this film at all. What I can say was, uh, there was some guilty pleasures and some of the lines, but ultimately. I was disappointed because I really, what I saw on the trail, I'm like, wow, they're really going to dig deep in some of this action. And largely we got a little bit of action and then a lot of just nothing really interesting happening with nothing, with no sensical plot and no tournament. Even that's the, reason you gotta bring them together and apparently the outworld because they've lost nine in a row they they had to cheat again uh and just not have a tournament anymore so yeah it kind of went yeah it didn't make any sense whatsoever and i don't know i mean it's this is done well and i hope they learn from it they do something different but yeah i i i did like a couple of the fight scenes but of the rest of it i'll 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 take the seven first seven minutes of the movie and some of the the cheesiness and some of the the Geeky things, but ultimately this is not a good movie. So yeah, um yeah, I, I'm not a fool. This is Charlie. This is bad, dumb fun. Not dumb fun. Bad, dumb fun. Todd, so there's, there's I a can scale. I can
0: say affirmatively this is growth for you because I my fear was you were going to come on, you were going to try to, you were going to try to sell me some oceanfront property in Kansas City, Missouri. And you, you know what? You came with this with some honesty. I'm proud of you. I think this is growth for you. You were able to realize that this is garbage. I'm 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 I love you I'm proud of you
1: hey what can I say Uh, it is what it is (laughs) and it it embraced it but it even amazed me at like wow you guys really didn't even try hard you guys
0: guys took it to a special place
1: yeah James can 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 I give you my last note oh yeah I had
2: I had I had one more note on this and it was Captain America hat that was my last note on this Captain America hat Captain America hat He's just – it was the shield from Captain America. Oh, little oh,
1: Kung Lao's hat? Yeah. Yes. Oh, where he was yeah, whipping it around. I, was, and then also said, a
2: buzzsaw right uh, in the middle of it for no reason. Yeah,
1: that's like a that's like a, 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 a right-on, spot-on fatality. But, man, even that was a little too much for me, that chick getting cut in half. Whew, I don't even know who that chick was. She does not remind right, me of the iconic who are character. these people? Yeah, there's so many other characters they could have picked. Oh well, what can I say? Well, we survived this gentleman. But lastly, so let's get your your scores. Um, I I assume we're not going to have to use the upper tier of ten. Uh, but uh, one out of ten.
0: Flat. Uh, flat. Point I... five. No zero. So wait, wait not even sub, with like the opening sequence. Sub zero no, points for that. Sub zero. Oh, negative one. Ooh. <laughs> All right, moving on. No, Todd, I'm sorry, no. Okay, I'll give it a point five for the opening sequence. Very good, very
1: good. Avery.
2: Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one in the three camp. It could have been worse and I have seen worse, uh, but it didn't have much room to be worse.
1: Gotcha. I'm gonna give this four out of ten. I think it's the original movie. Even though it's badly dated, I think for the time kind of stood out compared to what it could have been. This movie is better than Annihilation, though, so it is like worse than the original Mortal Combat, but better than Annihilation, which isn't a big range. So I would say this is a four, and the only reason I'm getting a four is for fan service and the opening credit sequence or the opening seven minutes. I so, will
2: say that t- that was this whole movie was just. How can we cram every possible Mortal Kombat reference into this? Because we're probably not going to get another chance.
1: But in so much extra crap that didn't make any sense. Uh, like, I mean, that's all you got is these four gumps to fight, man. Four
2: gumps.
0: <laughs> oh, oh for, like, gumps like Forrest Gump. Oh,
1: exactly. my God. Yeah. yeah. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know where you're going to get a beating heart. Uh, uh, like, that's
2: literally, that's I, literally in the movie. He exactly. referenced Forrest Gump.
1: Ooh, yes but i'm gonna <laughs> actually, I'm swing it a mess. 4.5 because i loved kano he was so dumb he was so awesome though. that's true yes. that's so 4. true 4. That's,
2: that's that's two out of my three it he was,
1: was he, he was your dumb fun he absolutely was and he loved it and i would love you know somebody says he would make a great wolverine and i'm like you know what i don't think he i don't i don't think i i, I mean i definitely see that he could definitely play wolverine so there and you go and you
0: know what hilarious because with the australian accent do you remember in spider-man and His amazing friends that wolverine
1: had an australian accent and the one episode and, he was in and pride of the x-men as well he had an australian oh my accent God. So, Ab- yes. absolutely absurd. Oh, is that how Abs- canadians absurd. talk do they speak with an australian accent we just could mark. be
0: what why not yeah yeah let's do that let, let's get him to pre-
1: well he likes the weekly plan at the australian podcast network as much as i do so maybe so Oh, well, we shall see. Oh, well, that is the show, folks. Hopefully you had a good time. Hopefully you uh, didn't get fatality in our review of Mortal Kombat. Uh it but was a friendship all along. Oh, friendship uh, uh, and animality. There are so many different alities you can have. Uh, but that is it. This is a finality to the show. And with that, Avery, thank you for being on. But tell people where they can check out your stuff. Absolutely. If you want to know more about the,
2: the the nerd world that is me, you can find me on Twitter at Charm City A, because I live in Charm City and my first initial is A. You can also find me uh weekly on the Gaming Source Network GSN Roundtable at Gaming Source Net on Twitter uh, or YouTube.com slash Gaming uh, Source Network, where Mr. Todd Oxtra has previously guest starred uh, on the network and will be seen again with Mark the Canardian from Co op Mode Podcast. Uh, and episode number two of a brand new show that is debuting on May 1st called Best Game of All Time, where we pit two games against each other in the court, in the First Circuit Court of the Gaming Source Network, with Judge Avery presiding. Uh, episode one comes out on May first. That is best walking simulator. Uh, the uh, the uh, 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 what remains of Edith Finch versus Death Stranding. Episode two is uh, Todd versus Mark in best multiplayer mechanism. So it's going to be a very good show. You'll you will never believe where we landed on the verdict, uh, and you will ch- want to check that out at Best Game Pod on Twitter. Or YouTube.com/slashgamingsourcenetwork for uh, when that goes live.
1: Folks, if you have any questions about the world of streaming uh, content and games, uh, check out Avery. He does some awesome oh, stuff. Oh yeah,
2: I suppose I should show. mention Gaming <laughs> Gaming Source Network is a is is the umbrella co- uh, organization of the Stadia Source and GeForce Now Source websites. Uh, so we are all about cloud game streaming. So if you want to know anything about Stadia uh, or GeForce Now, we are your your uh, folks
1: to see on that. Absolutely, so awesome, Avery! I'm glad your nerd car, your nerd card has been secured. You are a secret friend for life. So thank you for being on. Oh, I have friendship. I have,
0: I have no idea what's going on. All this video game talk, but I digest. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. We are, as mentioned, uh, a burgeoning uh, network of podcasts under the umbrella of the Secret Friends Unite. Podcasting Network. You're, of course, listening to the original recipe. SFU, uh, talking about geek culture every Friday. Co-op mode, bi-weekly on a Wednesday. That would be Todd and our Canadian friend to the north, Mark Carabin, talking about video games. Uh, Every Monday you'll hear myself and friends Aaron and Rich talking about Star Trek on the Code 47 podcast. And on opposing Wednesdays, Mark the Canardian and I team up to talk about Star Wars in the, uh, according to Todd, unfortunately named Holocron Chronicles. Uh, you can find us, of course, on any podcasting service of your choice. Our show is also mirrored over on YouTube, thanks to the efforts of producer extraordinaire Todd. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five star review. Really does help out the show and gets the visibility out there. Of course, you can find us over on Twitter. At Secret Friends, you drop us a line. Something that you're enjoying, uh, thought about the show, a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss on any of the programs, uh, and we will gladly do so. We're always looking uh, for love over on Twitter. We've got a great merchandise store over at Tea Public. Uh, Todd was already talking about uh, the inventedness of hot pants. Let's hope. I'd love to see hats, but in the meantime, uh, they do have uh, teas raglan tees, long sleeve, kid stuff, stickers, notebooks, wall art, you name it. Uh, proceeds from the store do go back to directly uh, benefit uh, our network and the effort to bring you new and exciting stuff. So pop on there. They do regular sales, so keep your eyes peeled. Uh, when there is a sale window, we will definitely let you know, but we uh, would love Uh, Your support and to have you get out there And promote your favorite SFU program On your body Uh, And that being said I'm going to thank you one more time for joining us uh, And to remind you that uh, Sharing is caring And to keep on trucking Be the hero, not the villain In a truck Mortal Combat. Choose your destiny Flawless
2: victory, choose your destiny.